You're listening to audio provided by Valleydale Church. To find more resources or to donate to this ministry, please check out valleydale.org. You don't have any quibbles with the chosen <laughs> no, show. No, no, I no. Like no. It. I, I, think I like it, you know. Um, makes you think. He presents some things. I find it to be pretty biblical, you know. Agreed. And he takes some liberties to add to the, you know, the flesh out a story. I, I'm telling you, the the greatest scene that I've ever, was the night they were all sitting around the fire, and they never moved. They all sit around the fire, and they just talk that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for like, I don't know how long the episode is, for 40 minutes, 45, they're all just around that thing, and here comes Jesus. He's been out ministering to the people all day. I mean, all day, night has come, He's and he just walks by, and he just... You know, and he just got, I think that is so realistic. I guarantee yeah. you that's what it was like. That's one of the most amazing, I, I, I know, how, how many different ways can you say this? But I, I think that's the gift of that show is that you remember he is a real man. Yeah. And yeah. he gets tired, at least in, before his renewed yeah. body, he yeah. got tired in the same way yeah. that we would get tired. He would have those really long days. But, yeah, we do need to think about things. It is good to have perspective because the scriptural narrative of his birth is real. I mean, there's not a lot there, if you really think. There's a lot of prophecy fulfilled, but mm-hmm. I'll give you... Here's what I mean by that when I say there's not a lot there. The Word doesn't actually say he was born in a stable. Mm-mm. It said he was laid in a manger. Mm-hmm. You know, the Word doesn't say how many wise men there are. Mm-hmm. We just assume mm-hmm. that there were three. three. That's sort of the traditional... Yeah. Um, it doesn't say that the star was directly over the, the, uh, the stable either, mm-hmm. right? You know, the wise men followed mm-hmm. it towards the east. I but think they, it says a house, doesn't it? At that point, I, I, maybe... Where the stars I'd have settled. to go back yeah, I can't, to Matthew. you got to synthesize I, the Lucan and, the, and Matthew uh, Matthew, Matthew carries the wise men account. Yeah, you're right. I thought that was interesting last night that Mary tells her magnificent to Mary. Uh, she has her write it down and take it to Luke. Oh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, we're not told that anywhere. That's not told anywhere in Scripture. But um, let's see. You mean who she gives that prayer to? Yeah, you know that she gave it to Mary. But it's an interesting. It's an interesting thought. I don't. I try not to get caught up in. No, you're right. I should something. I shouldn't nitpick totally so to much. death. But um, yeah, the Magi. Let's see. Where was the star? They needed further direction, right? Because they wondered, because they went to Herod. Yeah, after coming into the house, they saw the child. Because there are those that talk about that the Magi came much later than the shepherds. I feel like that's reasonable, right? Probably so. They probably did not leave there. Uh, Probably was a house that was related to Joseph, somebody that was... Related, they were all related. They were all from the same area, right? You know, Going so. back to be registered. Mm-hmm. I reread it this morning. What got us on this? Obviously, Pastor preached from Luke two yesterday. But what got us on this? Pastor watched the the chosen Christmas special last night. We were jawing about that before we went live. I haven't watched it yet. I guess I need to watch it soon, huh? Can I let the kids watch it? Is it family yeah. friendly? <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. How real yes. does it get? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so I'll probably watch that with the kids. Now, I I um I don't have a lot. I, you know, you usually I come in here and I got all this like all this stuff that I want to talk about. 
But today, I'm I'm that much more focused on the message because it was one of my one of my favorites that you've preached. Well, hey, Kirkwood can't think well this morning because he has a tie. That's right. There's not much blood flow it's going to my head right now. It's cutting off the oxygen to his brain. You want to tell the people while can we're you, all dolled up? You'll say that he was spotted. We have spotted not Bigfoot, but. Kirkwood in a yeah, tie. Yeah, I know. You may, I'll even Can try you to, believe that? I want to get tight. Let me try to button this uh, thing. We're, wow. we're going to the Birmingham, Birmingham Metro, Baptist, Metro Association. Baptist Association, and Kirkwood is uh, preaching, preaching, and right. I am leading music. I know. They, they asked for the opposite, but we knew what, we, what they really wanted. It was scary. Kirkwood could preach, but me leading music is the scary part. <laughs> it would be fun either way, but we're going to go down there. Um, and uh, I, I think that's going to be nice, just like a Christmas yeah. lunch, you know, kind of celebrate. Hopefully, we, hopefully we'll minister well. We'll rep, we promise to represent Valleydale as well as we can, represent the Lord well. We'll try not to embarrass you, Valleydale. Amen. So we're headed there later on, but we got to talk about this message, and then, you know, Pastor Jeff is telling us we got to go to some other meetings and that sort of thing. You think you'll go to the other meeting? We have big staff meeting on Monday morning yeah. for anybody not in the yeah. know. Do you want to send like an amanuensis in your place? Mm, you want to send yes. a representative? Yeah. Maybe I you did. should send Josh. We haven't hazed him enough Josh, since he came on staff. Pierce Josh Brody. Josh Pike, our new technical director. Yes. There's a lot of people in there they you can, can go send and if stand you wanted for me. if you wanted to. Well, um, so anything else you want to say before we get to the message? No. Jenna? You want, to get, you want to get right Let's into it? dive in. Merry Christmas, Pastor. It was your first of a couple of Christmas messages that yeah. you usually do during the during this season, and you went to Luke 2 yesterday, yeah. really talking about the concept. And I love it when you do this. This is I. So I've told you this like three times before. I'll tell you again. You had that one, uh, Lord help me, I can't remember which passage it was, but you talked about the power of God. Mm-hmm. This was months and months ago, and you talked conceptually about what that means to experience the power of God. Mm-hmm. So this is a move that you do sometimes. And so you did this again yesterday. Philosoph- you kind of challenged the congregation philosophically, like, what are you thinking of when you think of light versus darkness? Right. And I thought that that was fascinating. You took us to Exodus 10 to talk about the Mm -hmm. concept of darkness when the plague of darkness swept over the land. You talked about the darkness that was... Genesis 1, the darkness. Oh, uh, good point. That was there, you know. Yeah, all through Scripture, I, I I was really kind of focused on the glory of God, but setting it against the, the light and darkness that plays throughout all the way through Scripture. And, and you know, from Genesis 1 to Revelation 21. It's all there. Yeah. You see this constant contrast and comparison between light and dark, light and dark. Well, and, and dark. The, also the, the distinction between just mere light, which mm-hmm. God creates light, and you see, and like you pointed us then again to the creation account when he sort of gathers the light and he separates the light from the darkness. Right. So, but there is still, and scripture makes this distinction as well, there's a distinction between mere light and then the glory of God. Right. And, and that was something that you pointed us to. So when the angels appear, this was fascinating to me. When the angels appear, they're not the ones that are generating the light. Right. You pointed that out. It's right. the glory of the Lord. Right. Well, that's what verse 9 says in Luke chapter 2. And uh, normally we get so carried away with angels. People are <laughs> yeah, people really have a fascination. In fact, I, I'm, I am going to hedge here a little bit. I have been reading on Jude, and I am telling you, that's a tough 
This is yes. a tough. This is a tough book to to look at. That little epistle, short though it may be, he has four different references to angels. Yes. Four separate, and every commentator makes a great deal out of that. What's What's he doing? What's this? What's all this stuff about angels? And so people have a natural fascination. You yes. look at the book of Daniel, which. And probably this coming Sunday, I'm going to look back at the angel now. Oh, great, great. So okay. we, we look, and we often think that in Luke 2, when the angels show up, it's the brightness of the angels. No, we're told very clearly um, that it's the glory of the Lord. So I, I guess still on that tangent, so it says that the angel, it is the angel of the Lord that appears to them, right? It's not just... It's, not it's just an, an angel of the an Lord. An angel of the but Lord, okay. You, you, you know, that's another interesting distinction there. That's why because in the up. Old Testament, there is the angel of the Lord. Which now, I'm... once or twice in the New Testament, you come across that. But here, it's an angel of the Lord. Because in the Old Testament, many scholars believe that the angel of the Lord was the pre-incarnate Christ. The pre-incarnate Christ. Christ. I think that's fascinating. And then there are other great scholars, too, like uh, Dr. Eugene Merrill, who says he does not believe that. And... You know, Eugene Merrill is one of the finest Old Testament Semitic language scholars ever to be born. Well, I think there's good arguments on both sides, but what, regardless of your view on that, it's clear that this is different because the yeah. article is different. Yeah. It's not the one yeah. that happens to be an angel. It's an of angel of the Lord. We don't know who it is. We don't know if it's Gabriel. We're not told that. You know, he's popping in and out of the picture a lot in the Christmas story. That's true. Well, it is interesting, like, in a row, like, during the Christmas story, you have so many angelic messengers that come and they're, make different They're in and out. In fact, that's one of the opening statements I'm going to make next this coming Sunday is that you've got angels popping in and out the scene all over the place. Uh, if you stop and just kind of recount them, it's kind of amazing. You know, they're, here they are appearing to... Zacharias, and yes. then they're appearing to Mary, and then they're appearing to Joseph, Joseph and then they're appearing here to the shepherds, and the they're just kind man. of in and out of the place, all over the place. It's just, I, I like it because it shows how God's hand is over all of it. You know, his hand was, in Esther, we just finished up Esther, his hand was silent, and you did a wonderful pastoral job of showing us, okay, now this, his, his fingerprints are all over this, yeah. you know. But here it's very explicit. Like yeah. God sends a messenger and he is moving the story around and he's pointing people in the right direction. They, yeah. you know, trust me. That's yeah. what, he's, that's what yeah. he's saying to people. Did you have something? Sorry, I don't want to Mm-mm. cut you off. No. Uh-uh. So it's an angel of the Lord that makes this announcement. The glory of the Lord shones round about them. And you pointed this out extremely helpful because, um, because, it, I, I never want to find myself underestimating how big a deal it is when Christ was born, you know. And sometimes you hear the story, uh, you go through the motions, you're like, great, yeah, there's the cradle and the virgin birth and all this awesome, you know, even shepherds come. But you pointed out that the glory of the Lord in particular uh-huh. had not been seen in Jerusalem for 600 yeah, years. Yeah, and you took right. us back to Ezekiel chapter 10. I reread, right. re- reread that this morning. It's fascinating. It is. It's, it's, uh, it's tragic. I had people writing me about that yesterday afternoon. Um, it, it's tragic in what's happening there. Ezekiel, in some way, we don't know how these visions worked, but somehow the Spirit revealed this to him. He could see what nobody else in Jerusalem could see. Yeah. 
And he saw the glory of God get up and move out of the temple and out of the city. Um, and it's meant to, it, it, it's meant to be disturbing. It, it is disturbing. It's scary to me. It's kind of like, and he wist not when it speaks of Saul. And I love the way the King James puts it. And he wist not that the, that the, that the spirit of the Lord had departed from him. Hmm. There, there, there they are in the temple. There they are in the city of Jerusalem. And they have no clue that God has just removed himself. Ezekiel sees it in a vision. But the Lord has left the people. That's sobering. No doubt we've seen uh, churches, modern churches where a similar thing has happened, right. where the, the spirit of the Lord, the hand of the Lord departs, and people continue to go through the motions as if the Lord will just continually be right. with them. But you don't read about the glory of the Lord being there. Even as Nehemiah comes back, right. or even right. as uh, Ezra comes back, and even as you know Zacharias and uh, uh, Zechariah and uh, Malachi are writing, and Habakkuk are writing. You don't really see the Spirit of the Lord there. Well, because we talk really often about after Malachi sort of closes the Old Testament. For about 400 camp, years. We, t- we throw around that 400-year number yeah. a lot, and but, but I think this is an important number as well. Like, when was the last time that the, the glory of the Lord, you know, you, the Shekinah glory, the presence of the Lord in a right. sense, when was that present in Jerusalem? That was the time of Ezekiel, 600 years. But here it is with the angel. So, so again, this is just further uh, evidence that this is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed yeah. one. As he is born, um, there, there is this, <laughs> the, the, the presence of the Lord is shining in the sky, just as the presence, you know, just as the Lord is present in this child, it's just fascinating. It, it boggles the mind, and it also shows the way, the way that the Lord is fulfilling his promise to, to right. dwell with the people. You know, last night in the, in the Chosen, I'm not giving much away here, but in the Chosen, uh, Joseph looks out of the, the stable window, and he sees what looks like northern lights, but you get a pic. You know what it is. It's these angels that wow. are there appearing to these uh, shepherds. I keep wanting to say disciples. Keep, <laughs> keep, that's appearing to these uh, shepherds out there, and he's asking Mary, and Mary's back here in the back, leaning up against the wall, and she is going, oh, you know, she's gone into labor, and he's captivated with with these lights that are out there, with the glory of God. That's what it is. I, you know, is the glory of God. And he's saying, hey, are you seeing this? Are you? Well, let's 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 look at the other side of this, and let's look at kind of the what what that darkness can mean, and then maybe we can even um, transition a little bit because I know there's a lot of that darkness in Jude, and maybe we can talk some about that and give people a preview of next year. Because you said um, he went to so many different places. We already talked about how the how God overcame the darkness through creation. Um, then we talked, you know, obviously we're talking about the glory of the Lord show round about them, but that, that Exodus passage is just so interesting to me because God says it's not just a darkness because we, darkness, it, it's like something that you see, yeah. but God says, let a darkness come over that a darkness, which may be felt. Yeah. That's pretty wild, isn't it? It is. I talk more and, about and what it, you think that means. And it calls it. A thick darkness. Hmm. Well, it, it, I I took from this that they were watching their sheep, keeping watch over their sheep by night, 
And from that, I took from that that the darkness here was more than just the presence of night or more than just the lack of a physical light, that it really was speaking about a darkness, not that they were in darkness, but that darkness was in them, yeah. well, that there was a darkness within. Without Christ, there's a darkness within. And I, I made that point to point out we had some of our people, personnel here from uh, a place in the Middle East that right. we don't talk about. Can't talk about uh, that they are there taking the gospel, not just in a dark place, but to people who literally have darkness within them because they don't know Christ. So you go back to Exodus, and a, that was one of the plagues that God put on the Egyptians was darkness. And it's um, not just like an eclipse-style darkness. It's, well, no, this lasted three days. Now, I think that kind of settles that. When if when is when has any scientist or astronomer ever seen an eclipse that lasted three days? But it's, it was far more than that. Unquestionably, because it's, it's not just that the sun goes out. It's like the fi fire doesn't even work. Or maybe yeah. they can light a fire, but well, it won't give off light. Yeah, you know, I've been in sandstorm. I've lived in Texas. I've seen those come out of the north and the west. I've been in Israel in the middle of oh, wow. and I, It's a horrible thing. It's not darkness. I mean, it gets dim, but there's this brownish yeah. glow to the sky. I mean, you still have light. You can move around. So some people have said that it was a sandstorm. Some people said it was an eclipse. This is a three-day darkness that falls, and it's a darkness, he says, that can be felt, which is an interesting concept. Um, it, and I talked about it in the terms of being in a darkness in your life that is so thick that it is oppressive. You feel mm. it. It weighs you down. And uh, he, he says that all the sons of Israel had light in their dwellings. So that's the freaky thing here yeah. is that here are these Egyptians. They can't even get a, an oil lamp to light. Right. You know, they can't get it. And if they light it, how do you know that it's lit other than maybe you feel some heat or something, but there is no light given off by it. And yet they can look out and down the road and they can see light in the, house, in the homes of the Hebrews. That. So you know, listen, you know when these Hebrews get ready to leave, you can begin to understand, yes, we'll give you everything we got. Yes. We'll give you all this our earrings, our bracelets, our gold, our, yeah, here it is. Just take it and get out of here. You, you people are freaking us out. Well, you know? I, re I read back through some of the other plagues, and you're exactly right. I mean, it is scary what they go through. You know, it, There's another way to think about these plagues, and I didn't have time to talk about that, that because this gods? was not what I... Well, not only with okay. him confronting their gods... It is almost like, and this is a big word being used right now in theology, deconstruction. It's oh. almost as if he is deconstructing creation. Oh, you got Josh Pike to turn around on you know, that one. It's almost as if he is reversing, uh, in the beginning, yes. let there be light. Now oh, he comes and wow. says, now hold up your hand to the sky and there's going to be darkness. Right. So there's kind of this reversal of stuff going on. Yeah, and then the creation of man, but then him, him the killing of the firstborn. Yeah, there's yep. so much there. Yeah. yeah, as well, like then the 
Then the you know, creation and dominion. There, there was water. He separated the land from water. What does he do with the water? He, he reverts. He becomes blood. Wow. Yeah. And then dominion over all the creatures, but then they're sort of... They, they overtake they, the land. Exactly. The frogs, you know. Wow. And the insects. And well, he creates cattle, the beasts of the field. Well, here they all die. So you anyway, guys heard it that's here a, first. That's an is... interesting... It's an interesting... Uh, concept to look at and someday i'm going to preach exodus i, I don't know how long soon. it would take you i know morning. you keep wanting me to preach exodus i want, and, I and want exodus take, and i want hebrews it's gonna it's gonna take me a, a year or better to preach exodus you might you think you should do it on wednesday nights I you could just know. pick up right after joseph i could you look at me giving you all kinds of ideas. You guys heard it here first on the recap. Pastor Max now a deconstructionist. You can send all no, your emails. No, to I'm not a deconstructionist. <laughs> and he's that gonna is preach. That's not what I was saying. I just used a term that would perk everybody's ear. Up. I'm gonna do when 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 they let me introduce you at the Metro Baptist today. I'm gonna yeah. be like and just a, this morning we learned <laughs> he's a deconstructionist. Yeah. Here he is to preach. Um, from gone, the book of Enoch. I, I've gone completely off the rail. I know, I'm just giving you a hard time. So the thing is, there is light, and obviously there's a counter to that light. The Bible says that the darkness does not overcome the light. We can put that yeah. to bed right now. Yeah. However, there are these evil forces at work, and you're seeing a lot of that in Jude. That's one of the things that I'm sure is making your yeah. preparation difficult. It is a, it is a uh, well, trying to... I don't know. It's just not. It's not easy. It's uh, no. It's I not. thought Esther was going to be really hard, and when I got into it, I just absolutely loved it. So well, you just need you to know, spend and everybody debates over who is Jude and does it even belong in Scripture because it's not in the Syrian oh, text. Oh, they and, love to say stuff like that. And he quotes these uh, apocryphal books, and there's a debate. No, he's not really quoting them. It's an interesting little epistle. It, it really is. But it is a work. Listen, Dr. Vine says that it probably is the book to preach to this generation right now. To contend for the faith. Yes. Completely yeah. agree. Yeah. Well, and, and just reading through it, it's interesting how, like, the scary, and I'm, I'm, I'm literally praying for you in this. I'm not just joking around. Because this word, they, these words are so on the nose. Like, the things that he confronts in this book, yeah. like, you really can't shy away from talking about what the... God thinks of what's happening yeah. in this, in this yeah. generation. Yeah. So that's that's not easy. But then there's also the you know the 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 powers of darkness, and it talks about like you know just what what demons have done, and and you know them being in, locked in eternal chains yeah. and you so know, forth. I, I, I'm thinking about this coming Sunday and looking at the angels. I had, I thought earlier if we could see with spiritual eyes, you know, you remember the movie I See Dead People. Uh, the well, sixth sense. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You know, hey, I see dead if we had spiritual eyes, we would not see dead people, but we would see created beings. Yes, uh, we would. That are angels and demons that are around us. My, I'm getting a little Peretti here, but I, like I do it. believe that. We talked. We've done Peretti. We did. Uh, we did Left Behind because we were talking about Jerry B. Jenkins earlier. We've got all kinds of good Christian fiction yeah. happening around here. Anybody? Who's the other? Who's the one that writes the? Um, Hal Lindsey? Or no, my wife reads these. Has read so France? Is it Francine Rivers? No, she. That's a secular. Yeah, she's the one who did uh, the Gaming Rug. Oh, Fran. Okay, so Francine Rivers. All right, you and me should have a book club. <laughs> 
just read a little, read a little Francine Rivers and just chat about now, that a little bit. It concerns me what some people read. It really does. Oh, boy. <laughs> it really does. Oh, man. People, it concerns me. Uh, well, there, you guys, there's good stuff out there to read, and I usually read nonfiction. Dead people. Yes. Uh, he doesn't see them, but I, he does read them, them. But I do read them. We had a good conversation with my daughter yesterday about angels because she was at, oh, because we went to, um, you know what was amazing? We went to the, the Briarwood Ballet performance last night. Wow. Briarwood Presbyterian has this incredible, Pierce, do you know about this? They have this incredible, you went to Oak Mountain, it has this incredible ballet studio and like they this the 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 woman that leads the whole thing came out and she just said you know we're we are convinced that we need to take back dance as an art for the kingdom of god Mm -hmm. and we're just so saddened by you know what the world has done to dance so these young women are being told that their bodies are temples of the holy spirit and we're going to use them and glorify god with all of our movement and the dance was just it was so good but it it was it was the whole story of the gospel and and the reason it inspired the conversation was because there was like some real, like it was kind of scary when Satan came on the scene, you know, and the, all the movements changed and the outfits were different mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. My daughter started asking a lot of questions about who was Lucifer and all this yeah. sort of thing. That was an interesting conversation. But you're going to get yeah. to all that in the Jude series. I don't want to step on your toes. I know you're going to. Th- I, I think. We'll see. Okay. And so they need to read Jude. They need to read this clear and present darkness, no. Frank Ferretti, oh, to get well, ready for the... Uh, you know, you can, but... Uh... <laughs> is it just this present... I'm thinking, it, wait, is that John Grisham, clear and present danger? <laughs> get your Tom Clancy out. We're going to study Jude, everybody. What are we even talking about anymore? Okay, well, this, is, this has been fun, and, we're, and, this is, and we've gotten to prepare for the uh, BMBA uh, lunch as well. Yeah. So uh, any of our friends, we'll see you down there. And um, I think we can close it up. You feel good? good? All right. Yeah, do I feel good? Yeah, I feel okay. It's Monday morning. (laughs) There it is. Uh, Merry Christmas to you guys. I don't know if I can kick in this suit. It's got a little bit smaller. Uh Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It it got into frame. You did it. Okie doke.